Here we go. It is Friday, everybody, and it's time now for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. He is back, the one, the only, the realty expert, John Brodeen, and we'll talk with John in just a minute. Real estate can feel a lot like this, but you should expect more when you're buying or selling a home. You should feel taken care of by someone who can turn jitters into ah. Someone with the tools and knowledge to help you find the one or sell yours. We'll take it. Someone who can make real estate feel less like that and more like this. That's Home Services. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. All right, and here he is. How do you feel being called the one, the only, the realty expert, John Brodine? I I like it. It it sounds good. (laughs) It's like I try to better it every week, and and it's hard to do. It gives me high expectations (laughs) to live up to. Uh, How you been? It's been a long time, a whole two days since we've seen you here. Yeah, right? You've been good? (laughs) I've been good. Awesome. I I asked you, too, the other day, um, boy, I missed you, your your wife, uh, all you guys had birthdays here in the last couple of weeks, and uh, happy belated, by the way. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, we we do this once in a while. Oh, here we go. (laughs) There you go. Happy belated, buddy. Thank you, thank you. All right, so say I am buying... Um, and you know, you've got all the closing costs, you get all these different things, but yep. there's a lot to know about it. You know, sometimes yeah. you do, sometimes you don't, but is there any way you can tell me in 15 minutes, everything we need to know about closing costs? I, I think I can. So, okay. I, I believe you could. Yeah. So you're right. There's a ton <laughs> of confusion about this from, from both buyers and sellers mm-hmm. because, um, you know, first time buyers might not even know that they have closing costs. Sure. They might think that all they need at closing is going to be their down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes sellers only have the experience from when they bought the house. So sometimes sellers are under the impression that they can get the other party to pay some of the closing costs, or maybe they, all they thought existed was the buyer's closing costs. So there's the buyer's set of closing costs and the seller's set of closing costs. They do not pay for the same things at closing, except for a couple little things that they split. Okay, um, But there are different um, charges that go to each person. So first I'll talk about sellers. So the seller's closing costs are taken out of the proceeds from the sale after their mortgage is paid off. Um, so what I'll do if you are selling your home is I'll run a net sheet for you that's going to show how much you're actually going to take home and get a check for okay. after your mortgage has been paid off and after all the closing costs are paid. Um, so the seller pays for both sides of the real estate commission. Um, the you know It's kind of the buyer that's paying for that too because it's coming from the buyer's money. Um, but what's nice about it is based, you know depending however you'd think about it, it's, it's at least able to be mortgage. So it's not an extra cost to the buyer at closing. Um, you know, it's, it's just coming out of the money that the bank is sending to the title company. Um, but the, it does come out of the seller's proceeds. So that's going to lessen the amount you take home. Um, the sellers pay for their portion of prorated property taxes for people who escrow for their property taxes. They're going to get refunded from their escrow account. Um, so they're pro they're, likely going to get all of this back if they escrow for their property taxes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is going to get taken out of the proceeds at closing. And then you'll probably get a check from your escrow company, like, you know, 10 to 14 days later. Sure. Um, sellers pay their portion of the title fees. There's certain title charges that go to the seller and certain ones that go to the buyer. Um, it's usually going to be less than a thousand bucks for each side. So it's not a huge cost, uh, but that's to help transfer ownership into the next person's name. Um, the sellers are going to pay if they have a mortgage on the property they're going to have to if you close in the middle of the month they might have like you know if they close on the 15th they're going to have 15 days of interest to pay um 
for that month because you pay at the end of the month for oh, the sure. previous month. Mm-hmm. So that is also something that can get taken out of that's going to get taken out of the seller proceeds. So for the seller, you've got the biggest thing is going to be real estate commission. You're going to have prorated property taxes, your portion of title fees, and then odd days interest. Uh, for buyers, and remember as a seller, the buyer is never going to contribute money towards your closing costs, but sometimes the seller will contribute money to help with the buyer's closing costs. So that's just additional money that would get taken out of the seller's proceeds and help lessen the amount of money that the buyer has to come to closing with. If Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you often hear that referred to as closing cost assistance or something like that. Yep. yep. Um, and usually, the, you know, you just factor in the net of the <coughs> offer if they're asking for closing cost assistance. So sometimes somebody will inflate their offer a little bit higher and then mm. ask, ask for, you know, 5000 bucks back to help with their closing costs. That's usually because the buyer values more to have less out of pocket at closing and they're fine with their payment being just a little bit higher. Uh-huh. So the one thing to remember about that, though, is if you do agree to give the buyer, uh, you know, let's say 5000 closing costs. So let's say you offered 200000 uh, with five thousand in closing costs, it's basically the equivalent of a one ninety five sale price, but it does need to appraise at or above two hundred thousand. Okay. So if the appraisal comes in low, usually that's the first thing on the chopping block. Oh sure. So, okay. Um, buyers have to pay a, a different set of costs, so they're going to have their lender origination fee, which is usually around one percent. Um, any administrative fees that the lender charges, sometimes you see those. Um, they're going to pay their portion of the title fees. Um, they're going to pay their first year of homeowner's insurance up front. Um, they're going to pay for the prorated amount for the, uh, for the property taxes. So they're going to fund their escrow account with, um, you know, the sellers, uh, this, the money that gets taken from the sellers for property taxes is going to get put into their escrow account. And then they're going to have to come up with the rest of it. So they have enough money in their escrow account to pay the taxes at the end of the year. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, So usually you're so you've got prorated property taxes, you've got upfront homeowners insurance, you've got lender origination fee. So this is all stuff that you have to pay on top of your down payment. Every buyer should know this. You you know you don't just need to have three and a half or five percent of the sale price saved up to buy your first home. You should have an additional like two to three percent saved up, so you have enough money for the closing costs as well. Especially in this market, you're not not going to have that much success getting the seller to contribute a large amount towards mm-hmm. your closing costs. Especially if you end up in a bidding war. Sure, it's best to be able to cover your own closing costs, make your offer stronger and cleaner. Um, so, um, yeah, the closing costs plus your down payment make up. Uh, the amount of cash you need to close. That's referred to as as cash to close that you're going to bring to the closing. Um, Usually it's either going to be done via wire transfer or you're going to get a cashier's check from your bank. When it's a large amount, you cannot bring a personal check to closing. Um, So that's something for people to know. I've had people uh, accidentally mess that up and it gets a little tricky if you work with like a national bank that doesn't have a branch here. Oh, so what do you consider a large amount? I think it's anything over like anything over five grand or okay. something like that. Mm-hmm. I just ran into this last week. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, let's see. So we talked a little bit about closing cost assistance um, and how that works. So this is another thing that trips people up. So there's the seller's closing costs that that's going to be taken out of the seller's proceeds. There's the buyer's closing costs that they need to come to closing with on top of their down payment. And when you've got closing cost assistance, that's just going to add to the seller's closing costs. They're going to get taken out of their proceeds and it's going to get subtracted from the buyer's closing costs. So making it so that basically the seller gets less of their proceeds from the sale price and the buyer doesn't have to come to closing with as much cash. 
Um, and usually you offset that by increasing the purchase price. So it, you know, and there's, there's maximum amounts that the seller can contribute in closing cost assistance for most loan types. It's 3%. If you're putting 10% or more down, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be 6%. And then there's some, uh, government loans, like I think FHA is four or 6%. So there's certain loans where you can get more, but it's rare that we see sellers maxing that out, especially in today's market. And, you know, we kind of touched on the fact that <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize this, uh, when they go to buy a house or when they're selling their house or whatever, but, um, and and again, we'll beat a dead horse here a little bit, but um, these are the things that if they do reach you early enough and talk to you yep. and let you do your job as a realty expert, there is no surprises. None of this stuff is going to really go, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's why, you know, for first time homebuyers, especially, it's important to sit down and talk with me early on. So you kind of get an idea of what to expect. You don't make any mistakes that waste a bunch of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you know, listen to, you know, some some person who doesn't know what they're talking about who gives you bad advice and you follow that advice and it ends up you know delaying you or making you look in the wrong price range or giving you know talk to a professional you know they'll really set out the expectations for you so you know exactly what you need to do Mm -hmm. to get there um but yeah that's that's an important thing to clear up because it's so much confusion around that on both sides of the transaction are are you an opinionated person would you think Mm. Depends on what about. I'm just wondering how hard it would be to do what you do if you, you know, sometimes you got to throw your opinion out the window, don't you? Or do you not? Yeah, yeah. And re- but I don't know. I guess it's part of what people hire us for. Sure, is our opinion. right, so, right. Um, you know, and especially if you have the experience that you have. Yeah, yeah. You know, because exactly. your opinion can be based on things that have happened in your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in real estate, I've, I've got certain opinions on things on the best ways to do things. And it's backed up by, you know, years of experience and seeing, you know, hundreds of different transactions and being a part of different hundreds of different transactions. So you've got an uncle who's got opinion about something and he doesn't, he hasn't sold a house in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's better off to listen to the opinions of, of somebody like me. But, um, then there's other aspects that I'm much less opinionated about in life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, not about real estate. So everything you need to know about closing costs. Yeah. You said we'd get it done easy in no time. Mm-hmm. That's it? It, yeah. it really isn't that? It, usually when people talk about closing costs, they think that's going to be the headache. Yeah. All of the things. They think, oh, boy, now here we finally go closing. And then, oh, boy. Yeah. But you, what you just said didn't seem that painful or didn't look like it would take that long. Yeah. And for buyers, the things I would um, caution buyers about, make sure you have enough money to be able to cover your own closing costs mm-hmm. because you don't want to be able to not get the house you want because right. you don't have enough for closing costs. and You need to find a seller who's willing to give you closing cost assistance. Um you have to tell me at the time we're writing up the offer or probably at our first meeting if you'd prefer to get some closing costs assistance because we have to write that into our offer. Mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. ask for that after you've already sure. negotiating a price um, because it changes the seller's proceeds. So it's important to get that, you know, to have that line of communication, talk about that up front. If you want to get the absolute lowest possible sale price, you're not going to be asking for closing costs. If you want to get the lowest sale price and get the smallest loan amount that you can get this house at that's you know you're going to want to pay your own closing costs on the seller side of things some people it's just like a point of pride where it's like oh no we're not helping them with their closing costs mm-hmm. but if you know unless you're in a multiple offer situation and you get to pick the very best of everything you know the very strongest offer the very best terms and everything like that if you've been on the market for a month and you get one offer and you're negotiating with them there 
I, I would encourage you to, that's one of those things where it makes sense to give the buyer what they want on the closing costs and just get the price up to where it needs to be. So it's the same net offer as what you really wanted. Um, there's no place in there for, you know, being prideful and saying, Oh, we're not helping them. They have to pay all their own stuff. Like if they're willing to, if you're listed at 200,000 and they're willing to give you two Oh five with $5,000 in closing costs, you, you want to think rationally about that. Sure. Math. So, um, okay. And that's a good number. If, if, if say you have been, uh, you have been okayed through a lender for $200,000, mm-hmm. how much extra should you have with you to cover all of these things? Yeah. So let's see. Let's say three. Let's say three percent is on the okay. conservative side. It probably won't cost three percent. So if you're not getting any closing cost assistance from the seller, um, you know that's going to be about six grand in closing sure. costs on top of your down payment, and it's probably going to be a little less. Probably going to be close to five grand okay. or something like that. But these are all things that uh, people might not realize, but they need to realize. Yeah. So for example, if you're putting you know five percent down, so your down payment's ten thousand bucks, and then you've got about let's say five five thousand in closing cost assistance mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. total cash at close is going to be about 15 grand sure sure so just so you know you hate for that to be um a sticker shock thing for people they've been planning in their own mind yeah, about how they're right. buy their first house for mm-hmm. months and they've been saving and then they didn't realize that they have this additional cost so yeah it's not it's not cheap to transfer ownership of a property the you know the lender doesn't sit and work for free that's why that right, lender right. origination fees in there you know there's other costs in addition to just your principal and interest you've got taxes and insurance um so you know it's it, yeah it's the, there's a lot to it and everybody's got to get paid so people that are trying to sell their homes on their own listen to what yeah. this guy just said there's a lot of stuff out there you probably don't know about. Yeah. So I get a hold of a realty expert like John Brodeen. And how do we get a hold of you, my friend? Yeah, my cell phone number is 701-213-5428. Shoot me a text on there or give me a call. Um, and you can go ahead and subscribe to me on YouTube. Easy to find. John Brodeen Realtor. Uh, pretty sure that's my name on there. Um, <laughs> and then Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn. You'll be able to find me everywhere. I'm posting content multiple times a week on all those platforms. And my uh, my market update video just came out. So check those out. That's If you're a Grand Forks homeowner, Try to stay up on that. You know, watch that mm-hmm. video that comes out every single month and see what's happening in the Grand Forks market. Perfect. Plans for the weekend? Um, we've got a friend in town, and I'm not even sure. And then the following weekend, we're going to the lake with some friends. So Good for you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is your realty expert, John Brodeen, and that's your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast for the week. Have yourself a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back with another Berkshire Hathaway podcast Wednesday morning at 10.